Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to 94 and More, presented by Bristol Studio. While a basketball court might be 94 feet, we believe it's limiting to solely look at this beautiful game as a sport. In our minds, it's closer to an art form, even a tool through which we can study the world and learn about ourselves. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and on this podcast, we will explore the game of basketball, not only as a sport, but as a dynamic force that influences culture, builds bridges, and has the ability to shape our national conversation. Hope you enjoy. As always, feel free to reach out to us at 94 at bristol-studio.com and follow us on Instagram at Bristol Studio and at 94 and more podcast. All right, let's get into the show. Today I'm here with Vic Law, but before you do anything or say anything, I got to announce something that's totally different. We've never done this before. I got an announcement for the listeners. We're doing a discount code on Bristol Studio's website. So www.bristol-studio.com for everyone listening, use discount code BS94ANDMORE for 25% off your purchase. That's big news, Vic. That's I need to do this. I got to write that down. It will, if you just listen to this episode, you'll have it. So what has Australia been like for you? How's everything going now that you're fully in the season? Man, it's been, um, it's been something. Let me tell you, it's, uh, been quite a while ride i think coming back for a second time um something that i didn't wasn't really expecting you know now that i'm here now that i'm in perth uh not currently but playing for perth has been a, a really good experience i would say like i think the way perth kind of does things and the professionalism that they have mm-hmm. um is, is a brush, breath of fresh air like i think it's really refreshing to be in, in this organization with this team and the way they kind of handle themselves and do things are you still the leading scorer in the nbl as of this moment nah Oh, Bryce is taking Damn it over. It. Damn it. I tell you what, I tell you what, though, carried us in that last game we played. We played on New, did. New Year's Eve against Cairns. And man, I had um, food poisoning a day, like two days before that game. So I was, you know, had a bad batch of Buffalo wings before the game. Um, really messed me up. You know, I've just been hit with a double whammy. But uh, really messed me up at food poisoning going to the did game. You think, you know, did you ever think that maybe Bryce wanted that top, wanted to be the leading scorer in the NBL? And maybe he put something in those wings. Not to be the conspiracy <laughs> guy. <so>. Right. <laughs> no, I not to, not to create was. a rift. No, nah, that was all me. I, I uh, lazy had food in the in the fridge, didn't feel like cooking. Ordered Uber Eats to the from a restaurant. The only one that was still open. Of the wings that were felt like they were pretty undercooked. And uh yeah, they backed me up for two days straight there. Yeah, sounds like you did that one to yourself. That's pretty what were you mm-hmm. thinking? I did. As soon as I ate them, I knew something was going wrong. My body wasn't meshed. <laughs> You're <laughs> midway through the first bite. I guess I was locked into the game. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll ex- I guess we'll accept that Stomach answer. Stomach starts gurgling. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna push too much on that. Yeah, six more later, and I'm down for the count. So, what else have you been doing in Australia? Is everything um, kind of? Yeah, like, I mean, that game uh, was pretty wild. You rubbing yeah, your mean, eyes the whole there? World's kind of locked down because of uh, the new Omicron variant. Or the Omarion variant, you know, as uh, Twitter likes to call it. The Omarion but, variant. Yeah, Omicron has really just changed the 
<laughs> global scape of things, hasn't it? I mean, my as yeah. as as a person that's coming from America, and we all know how America has dealt with COVID. You really think that this disease would have started to loosen its grip on um, society and what's been doing? But you know, new mutations of it have just really tightened back up. You know, Omicron is more contagious, and you know, thankfully with the vaccine, the, the symptoms aren't as horrid. But uh, people are still getting it left and right, and. I mean, it's still slowing things down, like especially in the NBL, right? Like I thought, mm-hmm. I think a lot of players thought like after last year being in the hub and having that kind of bubble season, I thought everyone kind of was hopeful that this year would be somewhat normal, some kind of normality. Then the season, you know, kind of have some continuity with the games and things that get canceled. But as we've seen, it's kind of rare if uh, the schedule stays true to what it was originally. So you just kind of got to um, – you're ready to roll with the punches and kind of go as the, yeah. know, the ebbs and flows of the season go. How difficult is that to stay focused and, and kind of stay ready? And we're back to this place where there's so much unknown and everything is changing last minute, especially for someone that's so used to, you're so used to a schedule. And I know yeah. you've gotten used to the chaos of this whole thing, but I imagine there's some part of you that's thinking, God, again, like we're doing this again. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, I mean, that's part of being a pro, right? Like you kind of got to adapt and, and mold to whatever um, you're facing. And that's the the name of the game, I guess. You know, you kind of got to go with how it goes, you know, I, as as far as like, you know, athletes getting a routine, having your habit and getting like everything, you know, in the line so you're ready for each moment. Omicron and COVID has kind of changed that. Like now you got to just be ready to up and go. You know, our games are getting postponed, rescheduled. We're, you know, you're scouting for one team one week and then, they got COVID. Now you're, you know, planning to play another team next week. So everything's definitely changing. I mean, I, I guess I'll flip the question I ask you. I mean, you're you're in LA, in America, that's got a million new Omicron cases. How is it in your everyday life dealing with uh, this new variant? Did you go out on New Year's? I don't have to answer that. I don't have to answer that question, do I? That's fair. That's fair. You don't have to answer that. I <laughs> was tested no. multiple times. You don't got to answer it. I was tested multiple times before I made any decision to do anything. Um, I've honestly just been getting tested a lot. I've just been like, cause you know, we had the store open on Fairfax for three weeks. And yeah. so I kind of didn't really have much of a choice. Like, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, we were there. Um, we, we had to be there. We had to maximize the opportunity while we still had the store. So for me, it was just like fight through, keep going, you know, get tested, try to be as safe as possible. Um, but you know, life, I'm not really able to sit still and, and just lock, you know, uh, quarantine all the time. I, I, there are things that I have to do. Right. Um, so for me, it's just take as many precautions yeah, as possible. Yeah. It's just take precaution and, you know, wear my mask and, you know, wash my hands and, and try to keep distance and all that stuff. But, um, but I mean, LA is weird, man. It's, it, it's popping off for sure. But, you know, someone new has it all the time, but everyone that I've talked to seems to be okay and, and healthy. Even when they get it, they're, they're not bad. Luckily, you know, they're, they're vaccinated against it and stuff. So um, it hasn't really, it hasn't really affected life in the same way that it did earlier on the pandemic in LA where kind of everything shut down and everyone was kind of, um, you know, worried about it and it altered our state of life. Now it's just kind of happening and everyone's kind of still moving along as, as normal. Right. Well, let me ask you how the, Let's just give the listeners a kind of insight. How did the pop-up go, both in New York and uh, Fairfax? 
Yeah, so December was a busy month of pop-ups. Mm-hmm. So uh, New York went really well. It was freezing. Um, mm-hmm. So that was fun. So, you know, right. being in the store all day, freezing, huddled around a heater. But again, cool. it was it was a great opportunity to take the brand on the road, showcase new product, interact with some fans, um, mm-hmm. and make some sales. So it went really well and then led us right into L.A., which was kind of like the first time we've ever really done a long-term pop-up. Um, so that one went on from December 12th into literally, what, January 2nd. So about, yes. what is that, like three weeks um, mm-hmm. of us having a store open, doing different events, uh, bringing in all kinds of different people, different activations. So it, you know, very successful on both fronts. I think it just taught us a lot about scaling a business and what it really means to have a retail location, you know, staffing for that, um, organizing for that, then allocating your time. You know, we were all at the store, you know, for a couple hours a day. So then how do you get the rest of your work done outside of that? It kind of adds a whole nother component that I think, um, you know, you, you won't really, you don't really think about it until you do it. So I think from that standpoint as well, just internally, it gave us a lot of knowledge moving forward into the future um, when we are ready to do a full-time retail location. Really, what does that mean and what does that require from us? Um, so it was very beneficial on multiple fronts. You didn't have to fire anybody, did you? No one got fired. No one got fired. I hope you hired Artie as a, as a guy and fired him. Artie is a, how do you put this? He is a, a salesperson that doesn't make any money from the sales, but he still yep. sells the shit out of the stuff. He sells yep, the product yep. like it's his baby. Um, mm-hmm. And we love him. Mm-hmm. We don't fire him. We can't fire him. We can tell him to fuck off. But this is why I listen. need to buy into the team. This is why I got to buy the, pro- the I got to buy the product so I can hire and fire you. Guys. We fire, can make a hire, deal. Fire. Yeah. We can make some sort of deal where maybe in some weird scenario, you can hire Artie for an event and I'll give you the power to fire him um, on my behalf if you do not like his, his output during that event. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah. No. I just want to buy 1% more of the company than you have. So I have technically more power than you so I can hire right. and fire Artie. Right. <laughs> and then technically it would make me your 1% boss. And I, I want you to add my I don't even think that's how it works. I don't think that's how it works at all. That's not how it works. That's how it works. No. Everybody listening, no. that's exactly we'd how be, business works. We'd be co-owners. No, nah, I'd be 1% higher. If I bought in 1% more than you, that's how it works. I would well, be the 1% majority owner. I know what you're saying, and you're not necessarily wrong, but maybe you don't have any power. Maybe your percentage isn't enough. I don't know. Maybe that the rest of us team up against you. Let's say you have 30% of the company. I would want to buy 31. No, no, no. I get what you're saying. Oh, I get what you're saying. Just to make sure. Just to make sure it was enough. Yeah. But then the rest, what if we all have the rest of the 68? I just need more than you. That's all. Okay. (laughs) So that's what it's about. It's a personal thing. Let's talk about Christmas and going through the holidays. You went to a Lakers game against the San Antonio Spurs. I did. Let's talk about your game experience. Do we have? who'd Who'd you go with? You want we to start with that. We absolutely have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. We're going to talk about that, okay. then the whole scope of the NBA and how the, the league's going. But you personally went and watched your Lakers play against the Spurs. Okay. I yeah. want to know who you went with, how was the game experience, and your thoughts on the game. All right. I went with my friend Lasky, um, who's yeah. a season ticket holder. And, 
you know, he invited me. It was the last game at Staples Center. Now it's crypto.com. So I felt yep. like. How do you feel I, about that? I, I grew up loving Staples Center. I was like, you know what? That's kind of cool. I got to go see it at Staples Center one last time. No, how do I you hate, feel about the name change? Though? I hate, I hate it. it. I yeah. Yeah. at least make it Crypto Arena or powered by crypto.com. Don't it's crypto.com arena. I just, I think that's so lazy, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. They had the money to do it. Um, but, you know, go to the game. Lakers are in a bad slump up until this point. LeBron's doing his thing. And the Spurs have Derek White, Bates Diop playing, Lonnie Walker coming off the bench, a couple other guys. And the Lakers lose by 20. It was one of the most frustrating games I've ever watched, definitely in person. Um, LeBron was doing that thing that you don't really see on – you sometimes see it on TV. And, I, and obviously LeBron's incredible, and I love LeBron, mm-hmm. and, and everything that he does is just beyond me. But but when he does this thing where he gets – he thinks he got fouled and he doesn't want to play defense and just stays on the offensive end of the floor – and the rest of the team makes a stop and the ball is like, you know, they, they slow it up. It's no longer a fast break. And he decides still to not go back across half court. It's hard for me to forget those things. That does those indeed things, happen to you on TV. Huh? That does indeed happen. You don't, the camera doesn't always follow that. It's just like, and he's still chirping at the ref and you're like, I get it. I totally get LeBron. You probably like did get fouled, but maybe Go finish the game? No, nah, but Jake, I will argue with you and say that there have been plays and LeBron gets the rebound and pushes it up into five on one, and the rest of his teammates are running down the court. Agreed. But but who's the leader of the team? Is it who's DeAndre Jordan? No, we both know who the leader of the team is. <laughs> and the man sets the example. Because let me tell you, a lot of Lakers players feel like they can chirp at the refs like they're LeBron and get superstar calls and take plays off. So look, again, amazing. But like, to me, that's one thing I just am not used to watching. I remember watching Kobe, and, like, I don't remember watching Kobe. Kobe used to – I know you can't compare them, but Kobe used to look someone in their eyes and be like, I'm going to kill you. You are a mm-hmm. bum. You have no reason to be on this court with me. And and LeBron had, like, 30-something points. But, again, you know, it didn't – it wasn't that same flavor. It wasn't – man, I'm out here with some Spurs players who have no business playing on the court with me and Russell Westbrook and you know whatever like that intensity just wasn't there and i understand why it's just a regular season game but it's just that brand of basketball is hard to watch especially in mm-hmm. person um Fair. and he also had that play the famous play where he went one on five and did a step back three i don't know if you remember that, did, was yeah. all over. that was against the spurs that was against the spurs and, I think, and this is the funniest part about that yeah so he he missed it I think were you at that game was it the same game so listen he bricks it and someone on the bench, I don't know who it was. I don't know the guy's name, but I remember who's like, I remember LeBron looking at him. LeBron turns around and you can see it in the video and stares this guy down. I don't know what he said. LeBron didn't like it. So I, I'm like, I, in my mind, I'm go, LeBron's going to do something really funny here. I can feel it. So he runs back. They call a foul on the Lakers. So they're going like the free throw line. LeBron decides immediately, no hesitation starts walking all the way from the free throw area to the other end of the floor, leans over right by the Spurs bench, covers his mouth and starts talking shit 
to that guy and the entire bench just talking. And I was like, I really wish I could be a fly on the wall and hear what this man was saying. I have no context of the conversation, <laughs> but whatever it was, Braun made sure to go over there and let them know, like, don't talk to me like that. For sure. But again, yeah, I mean, they're probably no curse words, no. Nothing but again, you're losing by twenty. But again, you're losing by twenty to the Spurs. Well, Dave, he's come back. He's been down three one before, and he's come back. Totally. I just didn't. You know, it's hard to watch that. It's just not. Well, I'll lose. I'll lose. I don't mind losing if we play hard. But it's like sometimes when you watch them play, and especially that game, there was a lot of plays taken off. It's like, eh, we'll live to fight another day, kind of thing. And I, mm-hmm. I understand you have to. That's part of the game, the longevity of the game and prolonging your body. Um, it's a regular season of 82 games. I totally get it. But just as a fan, those things catch my eye when I'm at the game. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let me ask from, from Summer League, when you're, when you're there watching the Lakers and, you know, they build this team to now take me on the journey as a Lakers fan, how you've uh, – your energy back in Summer League and how you thought the team was going to go. And now at uh, maybe the quarter point, or maybe a little yeah. bit, a little bit past the quarter point. We're almost how, uh, weekend, how you yeah. feel about it? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't know they weren't practicing. That's kind of a new thing to me. I didn't know they they weren't. Maybe they aren't team. practicing. Apparently, they're not really doing team practices, or they haven't been able to, or, or something. Is it because of COVID? I, I I heard something like that, uh, but they they just haven't really practiced together very much. So that well, I know the worries. protocols. When we were in the NBA, like yeah. you could only have a certain amount of people in the gym at a time because of COVID. Yeah, so I didn't know that. So that kind of worries me a little bit because the whole point was like, oh, we'll just figure it out. We'll gel when we have time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they're getting there some some games, but also they're beating like last night they beat the Kings, and yeah. it was close. It was a close they, game. Yeah, it was a close game. So in terms of championship confidence, it's not high for me. I don't coming into the season. I thought if Russell Westbrook can push the ball in transition and get people going offensively and our defense is just decent. Like we have a chance Um, offensively. We struggle to score a lot and defensively we can't really hold people. So I'm definitely not too confident in our ability to beat a golden state, um, a Brooklyn team, a bucks team, a Suns team, maybe even a heat team. Like, I just don't have a lot of confidence in, in us in the playoffs. But again, it's early. Um, we still have time to kind of gel more and figure it out and hopefully find a rhythm. Uh, I was definitely upset when they didn't sign you. I was like, yeah, you guys need it. A 3 I mean, and D guy. We both were pretty hot about it, but, um, you know, it is what it is. You know, I got, I'm uh, happy with my opportunity. I'm getting over in Australia. I'm going to showcase some of my stuff. I feel, I feel healthy again, which is great. That's good. Uh, also, side point, which I think is, is hilarious. You, you named all these good teams, and you yeah. left out the Utah Jazz, who are 27 to 10. And you know everyone just kind of forgets the Jazz, no, who are always no, 1 no. and 2. No, you know why? Because I'm always the guy that's like, yo, don't forget about the Jazz. Don't forget about the Jazz. <laughs> but you didn't name them. Yeah, no, because this is the first year I refuse to be the guy that brings up the Utah Jazz because they why? always fall short. They always fall short. They're yeah, a great team the right in the regular season. I know. I'm tired of saying, don't forget about the Jazz. Because then I'm that dude who's in the playoffs. Like, oh, I told you the Jazz were good, and then they lose. And it's like, all right. I nah, but they – I mean, honest. in all fairness, the last two seasons, they've had two pretty bad shakes with their matchup in the playoffs. Again. It's been the Clippers twice. Yeah, so. That's not like a good – that's not a good match. The Clippers play super I, small. 
That's not a great matchup for them. I hate the Clippers, so I think they should beat them every time. Wow. Well, Clippers are showing our plans of inspired basketball, especially without Paul George right now or Kawhi. True. I mean, I forget that they even have Kawhi at this point. But um, I also mentioned, didn't mention the Bulls. And that I regret because let me tell you something. I love the way the Bulls play basketball. Lonzo Ball, always been my guy, moves the ball in transition. He throws the ball beautifully up court every time, gets people open layups. DeMar DeRozan looks like Kobe. He literally looks like Kobe out there. It's fun to watch. Are we ready? Are you ready for me? To, are we ready to have the Bulls corner? We're doing the Bulls corner thing. Here, here are our next two segments. I'm going I'm to go ahead and lay them out. Okay, uh, lay them out. We're going to do Bulls corner. Yeah. We're going to talk about all the uh, the call-ups and how, you know, guys getting opportunities. Oh, this is actually they, a good one. I, I haven't brought this up with you yet. I haven't uh, – we haven't talked about this. With the call-ups? Not even, like, on text or anything. No, yeah. no, that's, no, that's what I'm saying. We're going to talk about the Bulls corner and we're going to talk about the call-ups. And I can't tell you how excited I am the Bulls are finally going to get, right? You know, we – for years – Years, Jake. I'm talking about have just been this, you know, and I, I felt kind of I can't say I felt exactly what the Knicks fans are feeling, but you know, we feel like, you know, you're this like story story organization, you're this team that has tradition. And for yeah, countless yeah. years, you stink and you're not doing anything to like put money into the team. You let go of Derrick Rose, you trade Jimmy Butler away, and it just seems like you, there's no real direction in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, we clean house. We get uh, AK. Um, I forget the, the assistant general manager's name or the general manager's name. It'll come to me. And we start making moves. We trade for Vucevic. That's your guy. We signed DeMar DeRozan in the offseason, who a lot called a horrible offseason move. A lot of people were saying it's the worst offseason move in basketball. Give him, was, it, was it three years, 90? Uh, something like that. We signed your boy Caruso, who's been such an impact guy. Yeah. Three years, 81. So we got DeRozan on. Oh, wow. We signed Caruso. So what's crazy is the exact same um, deal. Oh, oh, wait a minute. No, no. The Lakers offered to sign somebody else for the exact same deal we signed Caruso for. So they could have re-signed him if they wanted to. But they were like, nah, nah, we're done with this guy. He's he's not a high-impact guy. And he is almost funny. He looks like almost exactly what the Lakers need right now. A defensive guy that plays his role, can make an open shot, cuts, plays hard, yeah. does a little thing, does the dirty work. Right, Bulls got him, love it. And we, we, whatever you want to call it, tampered, cheated. I don't care. I don't care what happened. We got Lonzo Ball too. And now we have a group of guys just meshing well together, moving that ball around, playing well. And as a Bulls fan, you can't be happier. Number one in the East, and we're debunking all the analytics stuff. We're shooting, I, I want to say, the third least amount of threes in the NBA, but we make the, the second most, like, or we're like the second most efficient three-point shooting team. Shoot a ton of mid-range jumpers, take a lot of twos. And we play hard and play defense. And I mean, I think this Bulls team, like, I'm not saying I think they're like, oh, my God, this is like our championship team. Like, I think before the trade deadline, we need a backup center, like a, like a good backup center. I also think we could use some more wing depth. But, I mean, I, I think we got – I think we got some good pieces for, like, moving forward. I, th- I like how this Bulls team is looking. I, I'm not saying that we're a champion team. Like, we're a championship right now. Like, I don't think we should be – yeah, favorites at this point, but I think you know before the trade deadline, if we can get a backup center, like a yeah. pretty good backup center, we need some more size. I feel like defensive rebounding uh, could be a problem for us, especially if we were to play like Philly in the playoffs. Um, maybe even the Bucks, you know, that size would be a problem for us. 
I think uh, another backup center and so maybe some more wing depth. Yeah, I, I really like how this team is shipping up. I feel like Billy Donovan's really got those boys playing a good high-level brand of basketball. They're playing hard, playing physical stuff. Yeah. I like what they're doing. The Rosen well. just made two back-to-back, you know, game winners. So, you know, you know the whole city's behind them. Yeah, it's a it's a fun team to watch. And I feel like the reason why I love them, it feels like you're playing basketball the right way. You know, it's like it's how I would want to play basketball if I was playing in the right. league. I want to mm-hmm. I want to move, I want to fly, I want to move the ball around in transition. I want to be like everyone diving on the floor, playing for each other. They seem like they're having a fun time. Like it just seems like a good time, good energy, and the results are that they're first in the East. So they look like they all like each other, which is great. Yeah, they look they like each other, and that's amazing. That's that's the type of thing. Like you could get into a playoff series where they might be outmatched, but just because they like each other and they're willing to play hard for each other, like they might prove some people wrong and take yeah. it even further. So um, those are the type of things that I do really enjoy about this current NBA. I think it's been I'm interested to hear your take on this, but I feel like it's been rare to see teams like that. I know you have the Warriors and they move the you know, Steph can have a game where he has seven points. And sure. they still win against a great team. So, because they move the ball, they play, you know, they play the right way, next man up, like, but still share the ball. Um, it's rare. Well, I think, I think the Warriors. Like one-on-ones. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the league culture has definitely become just get, you just need stars and you just need guys who can score in isolation. I think the, the Warriors have become the new Spurs. You know, yeah. I think um, the Duncan, Ginobili, Parker has become Curry, Draymond, and Clay, and they just kind of get guys around them that just fit in and and, and Clay's, coming, they try Clay's to. coming back this weekend. Yeah, he is. So play Sunday, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like I think that Warriors team. I think that's like a. I'm not gonna say an anomaly, but that's that's not standard basketball, right? And I feel like the NBA changed. Yeah. To try and play similar to how Golden State was when they had Durant, and I felt like I didn't really agree with that because not every team has. Curry, Thompson, Durant, Green, right? You can't – it's hard to play like them mm-hmm. if you don't have those four stars who can play like that, right? Like, not every team is made up like that. And the Warriors have been very fortunate in um, drafting well and, and you know, kind of um, developing their guys. But um, I, I feel like, you know, back to your point, the NBA has kind of went on to this, just get superstars and kind of give them the ball and get out the way. Yeah. And – uh for some players, it's hard, right? Like, I know for some guys, like, you're just kind of standing in, on the wings in the weight, and you may not touch it for three minutes, but you're expected to play defense, and then the four yeah. times you do get the ball, you got to make it. I feel like Lonzo is honestly the perfect example of that. Not that you – know, I think anyone would want to play with LeBron James, right, because he's just so incredible and demands so much attention, like, schematically from a team. You know, defensively, mm-hmm. you have to match up with him. You have to try to stop him sure. or, you know, try to eliminate one of the things he's good at. But if you're Alonzo and your game is really being a distributor and being a point guard and moving and kind of being comfortable, also finding your shots in the rhythm of the game, playing with a LeBron is kind of tough. You know, you throw a ball to LeBron and now it's kind of like, all right, if LeBron wants it, he's going to take it. If not, I got to find an opening to get a shot off. Or do I then kick and drive and find the next open guy? Like I could see that that could then start to mess with your, for if you're him, right? Like his style of play. You look mm-hmm. at him in Chicago, you just flowing. It just seems effortless. It seems like he's back to his style of play and like everything's coming a bit more easily for him. Um, the mm-hmm. shots are falling. He's opening up space for everyone else around him, which is then doing it for him. Like it's, uh, I feel like he's the perfect example of that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the young guys, the Lakers kind of traded away. Like, Kuzma's having success. Yeah. Yeah. Washington, Ingram's growing a lot offensively. In New Orleans, Lonzo's definitely taking a leap. Uh, I'm not going to say it's, like, solely LeBron's, like, thing. Like, I think no, that's an example. Maybe just, think- may, yeah, yeah. May, maybe they just needed a new change of scenery, right? And I think Lonzo, especially yeah, being in New Orleans, and New Orleans has obviously has some problems down there that need to be fixed. I think Lonzo just needed a new kind of organization, and I'm happy the Bulls have finally gotten it together to the point where now, you know, he's kind of showing – I feel like Lonzo's always been good, but I feel like now his game has been appreciated. Yeah. And uh, he's playing, you know, just in a, in maybe in a better mold of how he's always played. Yeah. And, and again, I, I think that what LeBron's able to do is, is incredible. And even watching him play the center and so like distribute and open it up, open up the floor for other people. Like you can see right. this dude is a unicorn and even, you know, playing with him is, is a blessing. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I think for a young Lonzo, right. In that example, when he came into the league, the Lakers were like, you're our guy your name's going to be in the rafters. And he's like, oh, okay, shit. I have to play at a certain level. His dad also put him in that situation. And then it's like, okay, but now I have to kind of form around LeBron. And he's such a, you know, he's such a, he needs the ball. It's kind of his offense. Like he kind of, he's the quarterback. He changes things up. He's a dominant president. Yeah, you play through him a little bit. So uh, I could see how then that, you know, just kind of throws you out of your rhythm. But again. Well, I mean. The, just watching things he's able to do at 37 is pretty incredible. But it's incredible. As a rookie, as a rookie coming in, I think, you know, even if I was blessed enough to be drafted by the Lakers as a rookie and come in and be able to play LeBron, like I, I feel like it would be very hard or very, a very daunting task for guys. 100%. To say, I'm not going to defer to LeBron who doesn't look like he's lost a step yet. You know what I mean? Like to come in, no matter how talented you are, and be like, no, this is my team, it is something that I'm not, like a lot of guys won't really say unless they're just super special right and that's yeah. that's no knock on anybody i just think that's like hard right like COVID in the league, whatever superstar veteran you want to say that's still playing very well um i don't think there are a lot of rookies that are going to come in and say this is you know my show so just try to come in and adapt and, and, and no, figure your rollout within that system especially in a big city it's pretty hard so i'm happy that Alonzo's playing well and i'm really happy he's doing it on bulls um and yeah you know bulls are rolling right now i got i got the bulls finishing in the top three in the east I, I think so, Sue. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. We are almost halfway through the season, um, and I think it'll be a fun playoff experience. But yeah. I do want to go back to what you said, the second part of this. Um, what about all these call-ups? Isn't it kind of crazy to see? The other day I saw Greg yeah. Monroe check in, and I thought, he's still in the NBA? <laughs> yeah. And I say, like, oh, he just got called up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> who hasn't gotten a call? My, oh, I saw Joe's back. I saw Joe. Is he still playing on the Celtics? I don't know. I don't know if his 10 day is still going, but IT was on the Lakers for a second. Yeah. He, he, he got he had the 10 day with the Mavericks, then got COVID. And it's just, you know, it's it's, it's the Omicron is just crazy, man. Everyone getting COVID. And it's so funny because being having experience in that bubble year, I know how how much the bubble and how much COVID affected the NBA with yeah. the loss of money, games getting canceled. And everything. So I know the NBA does not want to go back to that system. They don't want to kick fans out. They don't want to stop games. And so a very realistic alternate and what they're doing is, you know, having giving these guys chances, having them play and try and fill in for what they need. Right. And I, and I think, and I, I don't think this is like any kind of a shocking statement. I think a lot of these NBA teams would rather have their guys out there. And that's why they 
the league has changed its protocols to the five days and stuff. Um, because I think at this point it's almost inevitable that guys will get COVID. Yeah. Um, as much as that sucks, but you know they want their their guys out there, right? Because at some point you're gonna have to try and, and build this chemistry, that cohesion within your team of your better, better players. But I think I think you know regardless of that, I think this is a blessing for the guys that are being able to being able to get called up and getting an NBA shot and getting a taste of what the NBA is like, regardless of whatever the circumstances are, right? Like I don't really like seeing um, media and other people comment like, "Oh my God, like their call up doesn't count." Or it's just a COVID thing. They're going to be released as soon as it's oh, over. Oh, yeah, I don't fuck with Probably that like, at all. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever the situation is, whatever opportunity you get, you you take it. You take it, and, you know, with your eyes wide open, right? You kind of soak up as much as you can because I mean, look at Stanley this is an Johnson. opportunity a lot of people would kill for. Yeah. Look at Stanley Johnson. He's from L.A. He gets called up to play for the Lakers, his hometown team, on Christmas Day. Yeah. Starting. Starting against guarding James Harden. Yeah. Like, that is an incredible opportunity, one way or another, whatever you want to say. Like, and he held his own. Defensively, he was, he was giving James a tough time. And no matter what, like, you can't take that away from him. Whatever he was doing, yeah. he was prepared. He, he played hard. Like, that is not something to take lightly. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, yeah, I, agree I mean, you, you got you to tip your hat to all these guys who didn't call all the guys that are scoring, t- making the most of their opportunities. Yeah. I mean, you guys' boy, Kyle Guy. Yeah, Kyle. Miami doing his thing. Kyle's doing really his thing. Taking, yeah, really capitalizing on what he's getting. So I think it's such, such a blessing that these guys really get this opportunity. And I'm hoping that, like, they keep getting them, right? Because it, it's, like I said, players are going to get it. It's going to keep happening. And so all the guys in the G League, all the guys that are, second round pick you know rookies that haven't gotten a chance two ways just stay ready because your time's coming and I know waiting in the wings and feeling like man when's my when's my opportunity going to come am I going to be ready like it's coming you just got that's how you got to think like your opportunity is coming and once it's there you really just got to take make the most of it what what would you say to somebody asking you like hey Vic do you wish you stayed in the G League this season Mm -hmm. because of the season where everybody's getting a shot. Right. What would you say to that? Yeah. I'd say, no, man, I think I made the right decision because one, I'm, I'm playing really well. I'm healthy. I'm happy over here. Um, but two, no one has a crystal ball, right? Like no one, no one could have said, uh, oh my God, I'm, Omicron's going to wipe out the league, which by the way, uh, there's a new variant in France um, called, oh, what is it called? <laughs> I got to tell you. I don't even uh, Carla, sent me the, Carla sent me this other day and, and it's, apparently mutated more than uh, Omicron. The IHU variant. I'm sorry? In France. It's called IHU. The variant in France. IHU? That's already a meme right there. Yeah. God. And, uh, yeah, so let's just hope that one doesn't come across uh, the water. But, um, no, I would say, like, you know, especially in my my situation with the Lakers and a couple of the teams uh, that wanted me to play, um, I'm not – uh, I don't regret it at all. I'm super confident that if I had played the G League, I would have played very well, and I uh, would have been in line to get called up. Yeah. Or I would, you know, I would put myself in a position to have that opportunity. Yeah. Um, but I'm super happy with, with you know having come over here. I think the NBL has done a lot better. I think the league in general has really put a lot of resources into wanting to become one of the best leagues in the world, and uh, I think it is. 
And I think my team has a really good shot at being one of the better teams. So now I'm happy with where I'm at, you know, continuing to learn, you know, more of this culture and, and learning from, you know, all the players, you know, I get to play with Bryce Cotton and Jesse Wagstaff and all these guys. So I'm just going to soak up as much as I can and keep learning. And then when, when my opportunity comes or whenever I'm, yeah. you know, called to do whatever I can. I mean, you saw Keeper Sykes the other day, score 22, you know, his journey of being in eight different countries, summer league four times, G League twice, no, and now you, finally getting his call up. You know, I love it. I love to see it because, we, you know, we talk about this yeah. all the time. We talk about the journey, the players – you know, that really go through it. And, and on this podcast, we've had so many amazing stories <clears throat> to me. Like, that's so cool. Like those moments are going to be with people for the rest of their lives. Like no matter what yeah. happens, you know, all that hard work, all that dedication, uh, that's it paying off, man. That, that is, that's the moment you work for your whole life. So I love seeing, it. I think it's a really cool right. thing. Um, but before we get out of here, I know we're running out of time a little bit. I have to congratulate you on making it to the championship game in our fantasy football league. Um, oh, oh, come on now. I need to win GM of the year. I, I, there's no way. I don't care when to lose that game. I have got to be a consideration for GM of the year. That's fine. I'll let you have that. I think I deserve uh, best drafting. Um, best you know, drafting because my you team. You Jake, your team sucked. Jake, your team's bad. My paper put up the most points, I think, but also had the most points scored against it. That you could maybe pull up those stats and it might be wrong at this point because uh, people are not starting their guys anymore. But, um, but you know. Your team is bad, Jake. My team is not that bad. <clears throat> We're going to finish in like seventh place, I think, after two <laughs> big weeks of, of dominance. But it's a little too late. But again, I just wanted to congratulate you because I'm a better person. And I felt like I would do that after all the shit you've talked on this podcast, you know, Offline, still, congratulations to you. All I'm going to say is, here's what I'm saying. I essentially quit on uh, my team. We were 7-0 out the gate. Sheesh. Lost six in a row. And I said, well, there goes the season, right? We had a couple of injuries. Antonio Brown faked the vaccination card. Um, and then has proceeded within the championship game to walk off the field which was uh, great for my team. Um, you know, I said, you know what? I'm going to let them go. I'm going to let them be, right? Just let, let the players lead the team. And they won four in a row, Jake. I mean, it didn't get better than that. Sometimes you got to know when to pull the string. Sometimes you got to know when to back off. And all I'm going to say is I played my cards right, and here we are in the championship game with a chance to win. I just want to state this for the record. Uh, I had the most points scored against me in the whole league. So, you know, I well, probably won't see. play again, ever again. I think I'm done. <laughs> fantasy. I think I'm retiring. Yeah, I think I'm retiring from fantasy football. Well, wow, Vic, I would have thought I, I had the most points for team. You know, next year we can look forward to the Bears Rams matchup again, and that'll give us something else to talk about when it comes to football. Because your Bears won't be in the playoffs. I'm looking at it. Your team had the most points against, and it's not even close. Like it's you by a mile. <laughs> Year from hell, like I said. <laughs> it's it's you with 18-18.46. The next closest is 1681. Isn't that just brutal? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. To all the listeners out there that think I'm bad this great. Game, just know the deck was stacked against me this year. That is great. I think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
made my day. <laughs> That's what I need. Well, we can sign off there. We'll let that be the end of this one. <laughs> All right, boy. All right, my guy. Well, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Stay safe out there. Peace, All right, peace. This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio. Sound editing by Rashad Allen. Music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.